The Bible says that he spoke as one with authority. Hallelujah. He spoke as one with authority. Why? Because his words were spirit and they were life. Words from God. Jesus said, I speak not any word of my own, but whatever my father says, that is what I say. So the words of Jesus carried the authority of God. They could release men from their sins. They could release men from their diseases. The words of Jesus could bring men into liberty. It could break the shackles of pain and the shackles of, you know, condemnation that was upon men. The words of Jesus carried power. The words of the Pharisees only led men into bondage. They were dry, legalistic. You see, they held on dearly to the law of the letter and forgot the spirit of the letter. So Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You see, the word of God, the word of God, it depends on in whose hands it is. The word of God can be a stone by which you can send somebody to an early grave. You can ask the woman that was caught in adultery, in the act of adultery. They came to Jesus and they said, Master, there's a rabbi. This woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Those were their words. We caught her in the very act. In the very act. Meaning they had been spying on the woman waiting to just catch her because I'm and the way they said it it looked as if you know they had been suspecting this woman and probably the woman had been denying it and they were looking for a way to justify their suspicion so they had laid in wait to just catch this woman in the very act <laughs> if they were in our day, they would have hidden cameras and everything. The question is, what were they doing there in the window looking at the woman when she was in the very act? They said, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. And their law, listen to what they said, they said, their law says to stone such a woman. But you see, what they were asking Jesus to do was against the spirit of the letter. It was okay with the law of the letter, but it was against the spirit of the letter. Because the spirit of the letter speaks justice and mercy. What is justice? Two people were caught in the act. Why do you want to stone one and leave the other? Was the woman committing adultery by herself? I never heard of a man or a woman who committed adultery by herself. Always, it takes two to tango. Is that not what we say? So why would you condemn one and leave the other? In the eyes of God, there is no partiality. We are all the same. So why would you condemn one and leave the other? And even about that, the Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. Jesus was willing to give a second chance. But that law of the letter were like stones. That were, were like the stones in the hands of the Pharisees who were about to stone this woman and send her to a Christless grave. But Jesus said that he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Hallelujah. And with those words, when Jesus unveiled the spirit of the letter, he brought life to the woman. And Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. That gave life to the woman. So you see, 
The word of God is life. John says, of the word of life which we have handled, it is the word of life. All of God's life is in his word. Just as the life of a man is in his blood, the life of God is in his word. So when you have God's word in you, you have the life of God in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See why we speak the word, we preach the word, we declare the word, we prophesy the word because it is life. It is life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to share a few things with you concerning the Holy Spirit. And I believe that through the grace of God, it is going to remind you of certain things which you know already and also going to give you a revelation of the kind of life God has called us into in Christ. You know, before Jesus left the earth, he made a lot of promises. He made promises to his disciples. He said, cheer up. I have, he said, in this world, you have many troubles. That was a promise. Somebody will say, Pastor Sam, that's not a good promise at all. <laughs> See, there's something I love about Jesus. Jesus was not, he never tickled the ego of his hearers. He always spoke the truth plainly in love. He told the disciples, he could have told the disciples, don't worry, you know, everything is going to be fine and okay. As long as you believe in me, everything will be rosy and nice. You will not go through any trouble because I'll protect you. He said, no. He said, in this world, you will have many troubles. And that is a reality in this world. But there is a greater reality. He said, cheer up because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Is that not comforting enough? You know, as a believer, when you read the promise of God, it should, it should just comfort your heart. Say, cheer up, rejoice. Don't be downcast because of the many troubles you face. Cheer up. I have overcome the world. And because I've overcome, you have also overcome. So the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. And one of the promises Jesus kept reminding the disciples of before he left was the one called the Comforter. He said to them in the book of John, chapter number 14, when you read from verse 16. Actually, let me read from verse 15 when, you know, when he... When he started promising them, he said, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. Hallelujah. This was the promise of Jesus to the disciples. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. And I will ask the Father to give you another helper. The Greek there is Alos Paracletus. One of the same kind. Jesus was saying that, listen, when I leave, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you dejected. I'm going to send somebody just like me. 
And this person I'm going to send to you just like me, he's going to help you the same way I have been helping you. What was the help Jesus was giving to the disciples? He was teaching them the way of truth. Jesus was their light at that time. Jesus had given unto the disciples power to go preach the gospel. He had empowered them to go preach the gospel, to become witnesses of him, preaching the kingdom, witnesses of the kingdom of God. Jesus was their help. In him they found comfort. Anything that bugged them, anything that they did not understand, they'll come to Jesus and Jesus had the right answer for them. Hallelujah. And they were basking in the glory of Jesus. As long as Jesus was around, they were not afraid. Because he could still the, the storm that was rising against them. Jesus could heal the sick. He could even raise the dead. Nothing was beyond the power of Jesus. So the disciples were comfortable around Jesus. Anytime they were walking around and Jesus was there, they were, they were okay. Demons were bowing to them in the name of Jesus. Everywhere they went. And Jesus was with them. And Jesus is saying, I'm leaving. So when Jesus said, I'm leaving, they're like, oh. You, the one that we've been basking in your glory, you are leaving us. What are we going to do? Jesus said, I'm going to send someone just like me. Hallelujah. The things I am doing for you now, he's going to continue doing them and even more. Hallelujah. That is why he said to them that it is expedient for you that I go to the Father. And he said that he that believeth in me, the things that I do greater shall he do because I go to the Father. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is simply coming to continue the works of Christ. Hallelujah. How? Through us. Hallelujah. And he says that even the spirit of truth, we know Jesus is the embodiment of truth. The Bible says that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. He was truth. And the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. One and the same thing. One and the same thing. And it says, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor know him. You know him, listen to the words of Jesus, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. How? He dwells with you? How was the Holy Ghost, the, the comforter, the other helper dwelling with them? He was dwelling with them in the person of Christ. Hallelujah. And he says, he dwells with you and he will be in you. Hallelujah. You see, the dispensation we were living in was called the dispensation. I call it the dispensation of the Emmanuel, God with us. But the dispensation the church lives in now is not God with us. It is God in us. It is greater. Jesus was now going to take up residence in the hearts of his disciples. How? By the Spirit. So he continues on in verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also live. Hallelujah. In that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. 
how would you know I'm in the Father and you are in me and I in you because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost? Do you know that it is almost like a mystery? The Holy Ghost dwells in us and we, are, we also dwell in the Holy Ghost. Do you know that? The Bible says that you were baptized with the Spirit. You know how you were baptized in the Spirit? Your baptism, your born-again experience was a baptism in the Holy Ghost. You were literally dipped into the Holy Ghost when you were baptized. Hallelujah. Introduced into the Holy Ghost. Those were the very words of Jesus. And Jesus was speaking to the disciples. But you fast forward to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter number 2, after Jesus had left the scene, and the Holy Ghost had come down, according to the words of Jesus, upon the disciples, and Peter preached the first gospel message. The Bible says that after Peter had preached, something dramatic happened. And you know, Peter actually began with their forefathers, the patriarchs of old, and spoke about how God, through their lives, was unveiling His promise. That is the coming Messiah. And He showed them, through that, how that they need to receive Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 37, Acts chapter number 2, verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter did not miss words. Peter did not miss words. He said, what shall we do? Peter did not miss words. Peter did not say, believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you can do it. Peter did not say, oh, don't worry, everything will be fine and okay. Peter did not miss words. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How could you repent if you have not believed? They had to believe the word of God which Peter has spoken for them to repent. Because if you don't believe that as an unbeliever, you are under the wrath of God. How would you repent? It's not possible. Do you know, I, I know we've spoken about this before, but let me remind you. Do you know that every unbeliever is under the wrath of God? Salvation is not deliverance. It's not just deliverance. Salvation is deliverance from the wrath of God. The wrath of God is burning hot against wicked men. It's burning hot against unbelievers. And through the shed blood of Christ, men are delivered from the realm of condemnation and the wrath of God into the place where they are accepted of God. Hallelujah. So Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost now look at this in verse 39 it says for the promise what promise was he talking about he's talking about the promise Jesus had made to them for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off everyone whom the Lord the Lord our God calls to himself hallelujah Meaning that the things that Jesus was saying to the disciples concerning the Holy Ghost, it was not just for them. 
Meaning that the things that Jesus was saying concerning the Holy Ghost, the things he would do for them, how that he would be their helper and continue the same ministry Jesus was carrying out and be Jesus to them while Jesus was away, it was not just for them. It was for every single person whom the Lord God shall call to himself. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Jesus said, no man can come to me except God draws him. How does God draw us to himself? He draws us with loving courts, with courts of love. How? Through the gospel. The promise is unto everyone to whom God shall call. When you hear the gospel and you respond to the gospel, God calls you. God is calling men all over the world through the gospel. And anyone that believes this promise of the Holy Ghost is unto him. Hallelujah. You see, at that time, the Jews, they felt the promise was only to the Jews. You know, because Jesus said salvation is of the Jews, they felt everything that was being done was only meant for them because they thought themselves to be the people of God. And truly, they were the people of God. But they did not know that God, God through Christ, through the flesh of Christ, had broken down the dividing wall of hostility and made the two one. That is the Gentiles and the Jews one. That we all, through faith, by the Spirit, through faith, can have access to God. No difference before God now. There is no difference between the Jew and the, and the Greek and the Gentile now. Between male and female. In those days, females were looked at almost as second class citizens. But there is no difference between, in the sight of God between male and female now. Between the uncircumcised and the circumcised. Between the bond and the free. What matters to God is that new creation in Christ Jesus. And everyone that believes receives that same Holy Ghost. Women don't receive an inferior version of the Holy Ghost. Gentiles don't receive an inferior version of the Holy Ghost. Slaves and people who are in bondage, when they believe in Christ, they don't receive an inferior version of the Holy Ghost. It is that same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. It is that same spirit they receive. The same Holy Ghost that worked in Jesus. The same Holy Ghost that came upon Paul and Peter and the other apostles. The same Holy Ghost by which men have labored in the gospel and laid down their lives and suffered loss for the sake of this gospel throughout the ages for the gospel to get to us. Now that same spirit is what we receive. Hallelujah. You know, Microsoft recently re released Windows 10. And when Microsoft started out, you remember Windows 97 and Windows 2000? Windows 10 is obviously a much, 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 much better version than Windows 97. There are things in Windows 10 that you will not find in Windows 97. If you are using Windows 97, it's a cake. Let me tell you something, brethren. There are no different versions of the Holy Ghost. The apostolic version, the pastor's version, the prophetic version, and the layman's version, no, or the women's version. That is why I wonder at people when they say women can preach the gospel. I'm like, really? The Bible said God spoke the word and great were the multitude of women that proclaimed it. What are you talking about?
the women in the house you will preach the gospel you will be instant in season and out of season the holy ghost who indwells you seeks to empower you you will preach the gospel with signs and wonders following you will prophesy you will heal the sick you will cast out devils i tell you ladies don't look down on yourself your place is not the kitchen your place is not only childbirth you know many people read the bible and and when it says that and the woman shall be saved through childbirth they feel as though you know the, the only thing that the woman would ever find you know uh, recognition in is through childbirth but they, they don't understand the scripture what paul was talking about so they have relegated women to the background when god has said there is neither hebrew nor greek no 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 male nor female uh, god will use you hallelujah let, let, let's just say that God will use you. It's like God will use you. Either God will use you. Lebanda sante kendele mungo shahida hasa sako se rele muntanda wengesh mehiros feradalizo zahanga shaigo zabakai. Why would the Holy Ghost that women receive be an inferior version to that which men receive? No, God is not a respecter of persons the promise is unto everyone that believe the same holy ghost that worked mightily in worked mightily in the life of jesus and the apostles were mightily in our lives also some say well you know the power of the holy ghost has been waning and waning throughout the ages and now the holy ghost does not really do the things he used to do back then oh really where did you get that thought from? Well, we don't really see it again. We don't see people's shadows healing the sick and all those things. Well, it's because of our unbelief. The Bible says that Jesus went to his own hometown and could there do no miracle because of the unbelief of the people. The Bible did not say Jesus will not. That would have meant that Jesus of his own self decided not to. But the Bible says Jesus could not. It is giving us a picture that the Son of Man himself, he who was God incarnate, the Word made flesh, the one who walked on the waters, the one who spoke and the winds and the waves became calm, the one who rose Lazarus from the grave and himself arose on the third day after he had died. He wanted to heal the sick, but he could not. He wanted to cast out devils in that town, but he could not. He wanted to do many mighty things amongst them, but he could not. Why? Because their unbelief had stifled the power of God. Chai. That is why the greatest sin that you must watch against is unbelief. That is the greatest sin. Because unbelief labels God to be a liar. But the Bible says that let God be true. And every man a liar. By faith we enter the promise like the Israelites did. But if unbelief comes into our heart, we fall in the wilderness like they also did. Unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. So if we have received the same Holy Ghost, then we must have the same faith they had. Hallelujah. So that we can see the Holy Ghost work mightily through us. You, you have to believe that he will work mightily through you also that also means that the same holy ghost that caused them to live such a righteous life 
of grace is the same Holy Ghost that will cause you to live a righteous life of grace. That same Holy Ghost that empowered them to denounce any error in the church is the same Holy Ghost that would empower you to deny any error in the church. The same Holy Ghost that moved Jesus in the temple when he overthrew the money changers and the people were selling in the house of God and had made the house of God a place of merchandise. It is the same Holy Ghost that will arouse a holy hunger in your heart when you see such things prevailing in the house of God and you will stand up and speak against it. You will not cower and sit on the bench and be indifferent to the things that are happening in the church of God but you will rise up with holy anger the zeal of God shall consume your heart because it is the same Holy Ghost hallelujah that's when we know it's the same Holy Ghost working in you that's how we know hallelujah you don't make a merchandise of the believers and claim it is the Holy Ghost no did you ever see here Paul and Peter and the Apostles doing that did you ever did you ever hear Paul and Peter and Jesus even doing that? Jesus will heal the sick, and you know when when Jesus fed the five thousand with loaves of bread, and he thought there's this, there's a strong anointing here. If you don't do this, if you don't do that, if you don't do this, you'll miss it. Did you ever see, hear Jesus say that or do that? No. The Holy Ghost will not be doing that kind of work in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, one other thing, Jesus, the promise that Jesus gave, he said something else. He said to them that when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. Hallelujah. He will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all truth. That's very important. When you come to the book of First John, John says to them, but you have an unction of the Holy One. And John was speaking, he, that, that particular part of, of, of 1 John, he was writing in response to the kind of error that was permeating the church. And he was trying to tell them, listen, but you have an unction of the Holy One and you need no one to teach you. John was not saying that other people teaching you is not necessary. If not, we, we should not even be having this meeting at all. But John was saying in response to the teachers who were teaching error in the church, and he says, you have an unction with, of the Holy One. That is the Holy Ghost. And you need no one to teach you, but as that anointing teaches you of all things, and it's not a lie, but it's true, abide in Him. That anointing, what is that? It's the Holy Ghost. He is the Spirit of Truth. That means that by that unction, you can recognize error. John said concerning the beloved, the church, he said, Nothing gives me greater joy than to hear that you are walking in truth. Truth is liberty. Error is bondage. And God's heart longs for his sons and daughters to walk in the liberty of the spirit. That is why he gives them the truth. So Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Make you free. So when the Spirit of God is leading you in truth, He's leading you in, in the liberty of God. The Bible says, For freedom Christ has set you free. Do not be entangled again with any yoke of bondage. How would you ensure that if you continually walk with the Spirit of truth? The Spirit of truth. He will teach you of all things. He will put you to remembrance to everything that I have said to you. Did the Holy Ghost teach the believers truth in their day? Yes. Will he teach us truth now? Yes. 
How would I know if this is pleasing to God or that is not pleasing to God? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost who indwells you. Who indwells you. When you read the writings of Paul, you see Paul speaks so much about the blessedness of the new life that we have received in Christ Jesus, revealing to us those things which are ours in Christ. How did Paul know that? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we have not received the Spirit of the world, but we have received the Spirit who is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given unto us. That we may know Hi, Kado Shande Kabayosa, the Spirit of God Himself. And the Bible says that the Lord is that Spirit. That statement is so powerful. The Lord is that Spirit. The Lord is that Spirit. The Holy Ghost, He is the invincible Jesus that is walking with you. He is. He is the spirit of life in you. Without him, you cannot live the Christian life. That is why Jesus promised. Peter said, the promise is unto you. After you repent and you are baptized, you are made anew. How would you live this life? He says, and receive the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of the Father, the promise of the Father. Because the Holy Ghost is the spirit of this new life. And when he's in you, he will cause you. You remember the, the, the teaching we had concerning the new creation and, and the regeneration when we read from Ezekiel chapter number 37 and verse 36. What did he say there? He said, I will put my spirit in you and I will cause you to walk in my ways. It is the Holy Ghost that causes us to walk in the ways of God. That is why Paul said, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. He said, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He was just making ironic statements, but they were true. He says, I am crucified with Christ, meaning I'm dead, yet I live. Oh, you are dead, but you are living. What is that? He says, the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not even by my faith, by the faith of the Son of God. Oh, Jesus. He says, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I used to go to a Baptist church when I was in Ghana for some time. And there's uh, we had this... Uh, it's a kids fellowship called Awana. Approved work men are not ashamed. And there's a song we used to sing. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. In me, in me. Jesus is the one in me. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. It's no longer you. Someone greater in you. Jesus said, and you'll be our God. He said, I will be your God and you'll be my people and I'll walk amongst you. The Bible says, it is God who worketh in us both to will and to do. 
Hey, this is the essence of the Christian life. It is the Holy Ghost. How does God work in you both to will and to do by His Spirit? The Holy Ghost. Even the will to live righteously, the will to walk holy, the will to pray, the will to fast, the will to study the Word, the will to, to please God in all that you do coming from Him. So it is no longer you that is living, but Christ that is living in you. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20. It should be your favorite scripture. Galatians 2.20. It should be your favorite scripture. I love it. I want to read it for you. The exact wording of Galatians 2.20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. That means that my life is a portrait of Christ. The Holy Ghost is unveiling Christ through me. That is the reality. He is manifesting Christ through me. In my actions, in my words. And the more I yield to Him, the more of Christ is unveiled in me. Hallelujah. No wonder the Bible says that be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He says, walk in the Spirit. Sande contamazuntes. This is the essence of the Christian life. The life we've been called to, it's the Holy Ghost. And it is through this that we become witnesses to the world. The Holy Ghost made Christ a witness to the world. He made the disciples a witness. As a matter of truth, Jesus said, listen, tarry in Jerusalem. I know you people are so excited to go and tell the world that I have resurrected from the grave. And that by believing in me, men might, men might be saved. I know you are willing to tell the whole world. But listen, wait for the promise of the Father. Because you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. You cannot be a witness for Jesus without the Spirit. It is impossible. The Holy Ghost in you is the spirit of life, causing you to manifest Christ in your daily life. And He is also that spirit of power in you, by whom you bear great testimony concerning Jesus and His resurrection. In the early days, the apostles bore great witness concerning Jesus and the resurrection. It has not changed, brethren. The Bible says that God was with them, confirming their word with signs following. How? By the Holy Ghost. In the same way, we also, God is with us. How? By the Holy Ghost. And He will confirm our word with signs and wonders following, as is needed. That is why when we go places where demonic powers have taken over as their territory, when we see men whose hearts have been taken over by demonic entities, we can say, Be gone! 
and they will go in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that he that believes in me, in my name, they will do a cast out devils. Christians don't negotiate with the devil. We don't beg the devil. We say, be gone in the name of Jesus. Ah, Jesus said to the woman, Woman, thou art loosed. And the Pharisees had a problem with him. And Jesus said, Ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, whom the devil has bound, lo, these 18 years, be set free? The woman was suffering from arthritis. But Jesus said, it was the devil who had bound him. And Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed. Uh, by that same spirit, Jesus spoke those words. We can also speak unto men, hey, you are loosed. And whatever demonic power that has bound them for whatever number of years must let go. Hallelujah. We don't negotiate with the devil. In your household, in your family, the devil wants to take some hold. You tell him, devil, this is not your territory. You cast him out. Listen. The Bible says in the book of Revelations, I think chapter number 12, the Bible says that, And there was war in heaven. Even in heaven, the place of perfection, where God was, there was war. The Bible says that Michael and his angels fought. You notice that God did not fight the devil. It is beneath the creator to fight his creation. Hallelujah. God does not fight his creation. That is why I hate it when I see people or unscrupulous people on Facebook with certain pictures. They'll put Jesus on the right and they'll put Satan on the left. And they'll say, don't scroll like or comment if you love Jesus if you hate if you love Satan don't like or don't don't, don't don't comment what foolishness is that sometimes you see Jesus and the devil in a ring a boxing ring and they will say choose who will win or something what, what is that <laughs> you see they think the devil and God are on the same level that is their mindset they don't know that the devil is a created being. A created being. He's an angel. The Bible says, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man whom you visited, for you are made him a little lower than Elohim. Even man is above angels. That is why angels serve us. And you are bringing God all the way down to the level of the devil. Oh my goodness. The Bible says, Michael and his angels fought. And the Bible says the devil fought back, but there was no place found for him. The Bible says, and he prevailed not. Hallelujah. And because it not prevailed, there was no place found. When the devil, what am I trying to say? When the devil comes into your house, wants to take your children, wants to affect your marriage, wants to affect your life, your school, your academics, anything, your finances, whatever it may be in your house, your family, in any way, you don't watch that devil wreak his havoc and let him go scot-free. 
you cast him out immediately. When you stand in the name of Jesus, the devil will not prevail. And there will not be any place found for him in your house. You must make sure there is no place found for the devil in your life and in your house. And concerning all those that are close to you. Hallelujah. But it's all the Holy Ghost. And one of the saddest things in our generation, I say this as I close, is the misrepresentation of the third person of the Trinity. That is the Holy Spirit. There are many things we are attributing to the Holy Ghost that is not the Holy Ghost. People acting funny, people misbehaving, and we are attributing all those things to the blessed Holy Spirit. Brethren, when you look at the life of Jesus and the kind of things the Holy Ghost did through him, and the kind of life the Holy Ghost produced in him, and the kind of life the Holy Ghost produced in the life of the disciples, and you see what we have going on, sometimes it is very disheartening. What an insult to the Holy Spirit. Amidst the explosion of what they call charismata, that is the many gates of the Spirit, we have a lot of maniacs also who don't know the Spirit of God, who have none of the Spirit of God, but have another Spirit purporting to be that of the Holy Ghost. But they don't bear fruit after the kind of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of the Spirit is not in some demonstration of power only, no. Chiefly, it is in the life he produces in a man. Because you see, the devil can also produce such works of power, albeit fake. But the life of the Spirit he cannot produce. He can't. He can't produce those things. Even Janice and Jambres, when Moses put down his rod and he turned into a snake, they also put down their rod and he turned into a snake. But the Bible says that the snake of Moses swallowed that of Janice and Jambres in the courts of Pharaoh. Swallowed them. So we look to the life. He's in you for life, Masodakaje, producing that Christ like life in you. And one chief thing Jesus said, he said that the Spirit will take of what is mine and show it to you, for he will testify of me. The Holy Ghost testifies of Christ. He points to Christ and Christ alone. He glorifies Christ. He takes of what is Christ and shows it to you. That means that anywhere you go, people claiming the manifestation of the Spirit of God, and there is no testifying of Christ, there is no glorifying of Christ. Better work out. If a man should raise three dead people and does not give glory to Christ, walk away. After all, you are not dead, you don't need any raising. So, what are you doing there anyway? <laughs> Hallelujah. He glory. That means the man that is full of the Holy Ghost always testifies of Christ. Hallelujah. In his life and in his words, he is always testifying of Christ. If you are full of the Holy Ghost, you testify of Christ. You will testify of him. You will testify of him. No wonder Jesus said, and you shall be witnesses. You see, the consequent result of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost is that you will be witnesses. You can't hold. Listen to what Peter and the apostles said. 
Listen, as for he says, as for we cannot keep quiet, we cannot shut up. We have to speak and testify of this Jesus. They could not hold back. Paul said, Woe is me if I preach on this gospel. For necessity is laid on me. That is how the Holy Ghost works in a man. It's the Holy Ghost. He's everything in our Christian walk. He's not a mystery. He's a person. He's not smoke. He's a person. He's not goosebumps. He's a person. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost in you is more than just speaking in tongues. You know, for most, most charismatics, they've reduced the Holy Ghost to just tongue speaking. Tongue speaking is just an ability the Holy Ghost gives you. But it's much more than that. Way, 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 way more than that. Hallelujah. He's everything that we are spoken about tonight and even more. Chiefly, He will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all truth, I tell you. He will lead you into all truth. Hallelujah. You want to lift up your voice and begin to bless God for the blessed Holy Ghost whom He had given us. Lift up your voice and begin to bless God. Thank God for the blessed Holy Ghost whom He has given us. The Spirit of Life who indwells us. Adobo Shadakaba. Rabande Zilebekonda Parira La Sisi Conteminda Cadesias. Dosta Andagazus Emengese. Telemunda Zilabaconje. Zanzuliminangos Yekitas. Paradalise Sesemuntangoje. Idie Teninga Zora Banga. De Belele Mangoja Aperia Dadasis. Undarabadushe Ica Paradalesias. Nondo Bosta Baconda. Pesa rasu susta kende munte beridalantes when liponda paridalante 